Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life, to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, Every single week, we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high-performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want a breakthrough, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
my friends, it's Brendan Burchard and welcome to a special episode of The Brendan Show. Hey, my friends, I wish you could see the big smile on my face to bring you an epic and awesome two-part conversation with Jay Shetty. His new book, Think Like a Monk, is out. I'm sure you've seen it all over social media, all at the top of the bestseller list, and something that's been really anticipated and excited in the industry because I think this is the time for you know wisdom and wellness to have that message out there. And as many of you know, Jay has become a huge viral sensation in the industry with 11 million plus fans on Facebook, over 3 billion video views, uh, you know, 6 million and a half or something on Instagram, and just somebody who really took the world by storm and what is it about him, about how he thinks, about how he deals with stress, about how he would suggest we face these times from a place where we can find our peace. Many of you know he also has a podcast, which I hope you listen to, called On Purpose, where he interviews some of the great celebrities, thinkers, and folks in our industry of this time. And uh, my episode with him, if you ever heard it, was super popular. And you can do some uh, awesome exercises. I took Jay through. <laughs> you can actually listen to me take him through some exercises for energy on his podcast. Again, it's called On Purpose. You can search for the episode with me, Brandon Burchard, and Jay Shetty on his podcast, On Purpose. But this was a conversation that, frankly, I rarely do. As you know, The Brandon Show uh, originally began, I don't know, six or seven years ago as really a, a community storehouse of audio, if you will, for you guys, from audio from my courses to my live trainings, to uh, our seminars, to um, you know, coaching that I do with people. And it was meant for that. So I rarely, rarely do interviews unless it's something really specific or I think it meets the time so uniquely that I could add something maybe unique. And I thought that this would be that exactly for you. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Jay Shetty. Hey guys, before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you at the beginning of this next month, I go live for two hours to deliver you a personal development seminar. If you didn't know, we started really taking my coaching group into this philosophy I call growth day, which is begin the first of your month with clear intentions about what you want to achieve that month. Make that day, that first of the month, your day of growth, and why not do it with me? I guide literally thousands of high achievers around the world through that first day of the month where we get together, we get live. I teach a personal development seminar for maybe 75 minutes. I put you into breakouts so you can network, share what you've learned about your life, share what you're working on, share what you're struggling with, share what you need help with, connect with real community through breakout groups live. It is a very special and unique very, very distinct offering in the marketplace right now that I literally recrafted our community because of the challenge of 2020. I just saw it as something that was needed. We need to do our personal development now more than ever because if we leave our personal development to randomness, we'll always be locked in the land of mediocrity. If we don't get our heads right right now, this year's gone. We've, we've got to get our lives back. 
And the way to do that is to engage more ferociously, fiercely, intensely, intentionally, consciously with our personal development. The way to do that is join me in my coaching program. Go to hpxcoaching.com. That's hpxcoaching.com. You can sign up for our annual membership right now for half off, or you can go month by month with us and cancel anytime. Doesn't matter to me, but get in this first of the month. Spend the day growing with me on the first of this upcoming month. Let me take you through a personal development seminar. Let me break you out into groups. Let me share how to set your next month's goals, your next quarter's goals, how to figure out the rest of this year and end it strong. It's still possible. Go to hpxcoaching.com. You know, I I have this vision of monks being sort of warriors too sometimes. Yeah. you, 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 you can't hurt them in, in a sense of that, you know, I, I say it to my coaching clients all the time. I say, if your first impulse is to defend yourself, when someone accuses or says something to you, be aware of that. Because what if you didn't feel that impulse because you knew their arrows couldn't hurt you? Yeah. And it's almost like you have a bubble around you. It's like, you can, your arrows can't hurt me. Yeah. And so I don't have to defend, you don't have to defend yourself if you know the arrows can't hit. Yes. You can walk through that battlefield almost magnanimous. It's beautiful. You can walk through that battlefield calm and peaceful because you know their weaponry can't hit you. It's a superpower. When you yes. don't over-personalize, you walk through the battlefield and the arrows can't hit you. Yeah. Now you don't have to defend. Now you can just watch. Yeah. You can observe, you can see things. And there's a lot of parts of, you know, your book, Think Like a Monk, where it just reminded me of, you know, breathing. It reminded me of intention. It reminded me specifically, you, your, your writing on ego mm. was so powerful. It's like, oh, my ego's hooked into this. Mm. That's why I feel this way. Like yeah. ego, emotion. Oh, got it. And I think if anyone's really struggled with that, taking things over personal, personalized ways, Please read Think Like a Monk because Jay nailed that section on ego. He nailed that section on, on fear, which we'll talk about. But, but that, that idea that you can have compassion to others who are being mean to you, that's another elevated state of consciousness. And that's why I think his book is important. Yeah, and it's a beautiful way to live because when someone gives you negativity, and like you said, if you defend and you give them negativity back, you've created more negativity within yourself. Uh, whereas if, if someone comes at you in negativity, and like you beautifully said, if you realize that those arrows can't hit you, now you've focused on love. And so now all you have is love and, and you have compassion. And, and that's what it's about. It's about choosing how you want to feel, yeah. right? We always say like, oh, that person made me feel that way, right? That's a common thing. Like, oh, they made me feel so bad. But actually that's because we're not allowing ourselves to choose how we feel. Right. right. And uh, that's a really important thing that choosing how we feel in moments of negativity, it, it genuinely is something that we can direct. So real. Let's talk about uh, you're known for this and deservedly so about your a lot of your videos are really based in relationships. Mm. A lot of your content is based on relationships. It's that one to one intimate, significant other, someone you deeply care about. You wrote a beautiful chapter on relationships in the book. Um, Talk to us a little bit about how does a monk think about these times when, you know, literally hundreds of millions of people around the world have been crammed in their house with their spouse, with their partners, with their kids. And now 
all the problems that might've existed, but were run over by being busy are now when you're in that house and you're together, there's a lot of relationship turmoil happening all over the world. We've seen many friends of ours, their marriages didn't even survive through these difficult times. What like when you take stress and you overlay it onto COVID, onto politics, onto negativity, onto the fears of our certain uncertain times, it's affecting it's affecting relationships. So how does that the monk stay calm and cool in a relationship where now there's a, a lot more exchange? Yeah, well, like you said, what we're experiencing is extreme, and so you have to take, as we know, extreme measures, and you have to change the focus. So, for example, and, and I'll be I'll. You know, I'll, I'll talk about the monk perspective, but even me and my wife, when when we went through this together, and we were obviously we lived together, and I was saying to Brendan before, we're so used to me traveling, her traveling, distant, apart, and now all of a sudden, this is the most time we've spent together. And I have to be honest and say, in the first month, we had to have several clear, clarifying, <laughs> resetting expectation conversations. Love this. And that's the crazy thing that if if you don't if it's like if the game changes and you don't adapt your strategy, you're going to lose. And I think what often happens is the game changes and we want to hold on to the strategy. Can you imagine to pick your favorite sport in the world? And can you imagine if the, the game changes because of the way the other team is playing or the rain starts pouring down and, and the coach goes, no, no, we're going to stick to the same strategy we came with. And yeah. that's how we approach life. We go, no, 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 I'm going to stick with it. I like my normal life. I like the way we used to do it. We're going to stay that way. But the game just changed 180 on every single one of us. And so we have to reset expectations. We have to reset what we're asking for from our partners. And that has to be a very evident conversation. So how monks see this, and by the way, monks live in ashrams. I remember waking up sometimes in the ashram, and there's 100 people there that you're living with. So you're living with 100 egos, 100 minds, and a hundred different opinions. Right, you're on a mountaintop by yourself. You're, totally. in communal, you're communal living. Totally, it's communal living. And, and often what, what I would say is this was the first thing that we heard when we became monks was, welcome to the hospital. You know, and they said, welcome to the hospital. Some of, some of you will think that the doctors have no weakness, but they said, remember that the doctors are as much patients as they are doctors. Mm. And remember that all of you as patients We'll also sometimes grow to be doctors, but we're simultaneously always doctors and patients. And don't you ever forget that. And it was like this reality and wake up call of like in a home, sometimes you're leading, sometimes you're following, sometimes you'll, you'll follow and they'll lead and it will shift. And so you have to learn that role that you play. So one of my favorite things that I share inside the book, which I really believe is the heart of all challenges in relationships. And I'm not just going to say the word communication. I'm going to go a step further than that. It's the ability to diagnose what we're actually asking for and what we actually need. Most of us are asking for things that aren't even clearly linked to what we are actually missing. And so I'll give an example of this. I have so many clients that I coach or so many people that I work with where the number one thing they want from their partner is time. Like, I wish my partner had more time. Brendan, I, I wish they just gave me more time. Now, the amazing thing is me and Brendan are giving each other time right now, but what if I was like this the whole time? Right. <laughs> what if Brendan was writing another best-selling book at this time? And, and we kind of talk, but Im imagine we did that the whole time. Right. It looks like you're present there with them, 
but you're not when this is like the, this you're is not. like a force field between you your phone your 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 task your thing i love that time yeah, yeah. that's so good so this, this could be a book this could be a newspaper this could be email whatever it is but it's interesting people say i want more time and so people come back from a weekend away and then they'll go back to their partner and be like, I wish we spent more time together. And the other partner's going, well, we just went away on a weekend. And they're thinking, but no, but you were at the beach and I was with the kids and it, that wasn't. So what are people really asking for? I've realized that over this time, people are asking for three things when they're asking for time. They're asking for presence, they're asking for attention, and they're asking for intimacy. That is what people are actually asking for. Beautiful. Say the word time. And so we, re, we misunderstand it. So I share in the book this beautiful... Uh, link to a table. And if you type in Harvard emotional list onto Google, you can find this. And I recommend actually printing this out, keeping a screenshot on your phone. And what this does is that, and I call it the emotional vocabulary. It's called Harvard emotions list. But I really believe, uh, Brendan, that we have a very limited emotional vocabulary. So when someone says, we use five words, okay, good, bad, fine, hmm, right? Like, it's, how's your day going? Okay, how's your week going? Good, how's that project? Fine, right? And so we don't even understand how we feel. So how's someone else gonna understand how we feel? So what the emotional vocabulary by Harvard does is that it shows you the top word of say sad, and then it shows you almost an extension of what are you really feeling? When you're sad, are you upset? Are you offended? Are you disappointed? Mm. Are you disheartened? Are you heartbroken? There are so many more words. So this is what it means to think like a monk where you diagnose how you genuinely feel and then you clearly articulate that so that not only are you asking for the right thing, people really understand you. And that's one of the biggest mistakes in relationships. We, we don't really know what we're asking for. I love that. I love that. When you talk about setting expectations and, and maybe more clearly communicating like that, um, how did that look in your relationship at the beginning? Like, what is setting expectations in a relationship during COVID or uncertainty like this look like? Yeah, so for me and my wife, it was very much around what we expected each other to do around the home. Because we were noticing that, you know, obviously we were, you've been to our apartment as well. It's, it's nice, but it's, it, it's not huge. And we've recently moved actually. But when we were there, which was for most of our time during the beginning of the pandemic, it was like we were working out in the same space, eating in the same space, cooking in the same space, working in the same space. I know this, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I mean, it can, you know, it gets a lot. And so the first thing was saying, okay, what are the activities that you're doing every day and what are the activities that I'm doing every day? Which spaces are we going to do them in? What times roughly are we going to do them? And also, how do I expect you and me to help out? What days is it? Now we're creating more trash than ever because we're eating three meals at home. So it's like, Who's going to take the bins out? The stuff as basic as that. Like who's going to take the trash <laughs> out? Uh, who's going to take the trash out often? Who's going to clean up more often? Because guess what? Now we have to clean up nearly every other day because we're just in this space all the time. So we had to set really clear guidelines of who's cleaning, when are they cleaning, uh, when are you using this room, when are you not using this room, what are your expectations, how are your diary changing, what sounds. And it sounds so basic, but that's what I mean, that when the game changes, your strategy has to change. And if you think that your same strategy that you've used for 10 years of marriage or 20 years of marriage is gonna survive, it won't. Uh, and, and of course, if, if what's happened is deeper underlying problems have erupted, that is also something to not just 
you know, push under the carpet and to really address it. And so if what's happened for people is that there's all these underlying things that have erupted like a volcano under that volcanic pressure of this situation, then, then that isn't about just trying to move on and figure it out. That requires a reassessment of a relationship. And if that means you're going separate ways, uh, then, then that's a decision you have to take together. But if that means you're willing to make it work. But I, I often think that sometimes, and Brendan, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I really feel that sometimes a lot of people break up over really weak arguments. There's not some, not, I'm not saying always, like emotional and physical abuse is different or like uh, cheating and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff is different. But I mean, when it comes down to like, what do we actually argue about? Sometimes I think when me and my wife argue about, we argue about the stupidest things in the world. And if we were to break up over that, it would be heartbreaking to me. Because yes. they're, not, they're, not, they're not about anything like real. And no, so- yeah. I think some people don't realize the, the, the levels of conflict that are happening. Um, one of my mentors, Bill Wilmot, he was like one of the world's leading experts on mediation. And he was talking about in conflict that people think they're arguing about the content, you know, where the vacuum is, did you do the garbage, the, the things they think they're, they get mad about the things and they break up because of the things. But what's really going on is exactly what you said, this a deeper emotional level. So the, the three levels beneath there are relationship, which is, am I being respected in this relationship? Which like, how does it work here? Identity, like who am I in the world separate from you, independence, interdependence, yeah. And then one, the thing that most people break up about that they don't even know they break up about is process. Yes. Which is how, what's our process for managing conflict? What's our process? Like, how do we talk through and figure out things? It's how you work together and talk together that most people break up of. They don't know. They just blame the content. And so, yeah, that's I think beautiful. being aware of those That's things. beautiful. I, I couldn't agree with that more. And there's that beautiful study by... Uh, the Gottman Institute by John and yes. Judy Gottman, who, you know, yeah. incredible. I love their research. I, I, I've made so many videos based on their research. And I recently interviewed them for my podcast too. And they talk about how exactly what, what Brendan just said. They say that the number one skill that keeps relationships together is not uh, date nights. It's not movie nights. It's not uh, beautiful vacations. It's knowing how to fight. It's learning how to manage a conflict because conflict is always going to be there and most of us don't have the skills or the emotional capacity to to go there and we kind of think that that's like a bad thing and i think that's part of it brendan is that movies and music and media have created these negative viewpoints in relationships like mm. you know the, the the end of a movie and i'm sure this has been said a million times but the end of a movie is always happily ever after Perfect, so it right. ends at the beginning of the wedding Right, it's like right. it's like they got married at the end of a movie. When for most love relationships, the marriage is the beginning of the relationship, yes. and so you're watching it only up until the point two people fell in love and they were happily ever after. And and I think that's planted this seed in our mind that oh, relationships have to look like beautiful and wonderful and roses and this and that. And that is part of it. I love that. I'm a I'm a hopeless romantic and I love all of that stuff. But at the same time, it's relationships require like real honesty and transparency and talking things out that are tough and having those awkward conversations and silences sometimes. Yeah. I think the best thing people can do if they've struggled in 2020 together, especially if they were together more because of COVID is to really observe how you've communicated with each other. Yeah. Not don't observe or think of just how did you feel? 
because a lot of people, I don't like it. They might have a negativity bias there because when all that's in front of you, you start evaluating it very differently, very binary. It's like good, bad. So having a higher perspective to use your word or thinking like a monk is sometimes to just observe, like how, how have we been doing this? And is the way that we've been doing this really bringing us closer or is the way we've been doing this pushing us further apart or making us kind of focus on the idiosyncrasies that make us angry or impatient. And if you can observe with the lens of, is how we are doing this bringing us closer together, which I love what Jay said, presence, attention, intimacy. Is the way we do life together, bring those things to the forefront more often. Good job. If not, it's time to get some more tools. Read a book like Think Like a Monk. Read John Gottman's book, um, my, one of my favorite books of all time, Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Mm -hmm. a must. I think you can tell John, I think about 10,000 copies of that. <laughs> I've given that to almost all our relationship seminars over the years. So um, it, it's necessary to do the work to get better at that. It's usually the person is not wrong. The process between the people is wrong. And you oh, can, well fix, said. Well you can said. fix the process between the two people. That um, is beautiful. Well said. That is that, that, that last thing you just said there is, is exactly it. We, well, think with the, we, think, we think we're with the wrong person, but actually we just have the wrong process. Hey, I hope you are enjoying this interview with Jay Shetty. And I want to jump in here real quick with you and talk about a topic that's deeply, deeply important to me that honestly has helped me in not only how I think, but how do I focus, how I energize my mind. And many of you know that is by me taking HPX Optimized, our supplement for focus and energy. This has completely changed the game for me. As many of you know, you know, a lot of people consider me one of the most prolific people in this industry. And the reason that is, is because I can keep my mind sharp. And sometimes I need help with that. I'm not a guy who goes to caffeine and, and, and coffee for that. For me personally, I wanted to take a nootropic, something that gave me a mental edge that energized my mind, that helped me become more creative, focused, and productive. And you can get our supplements right now back in stock at hpxwellness.com. That's hpxwellness.com. As you know, I rolled out three flagship products under the HPX brand to help you optimize your focus, your longevity, your energy, your immunity. And you can check out those new products, again, back in stock at hpxwellness.com. Last idea I'd love to talk about, because I think this is a real struggle for people right now. Um, and I'm particularly fascinated by how a monk would think about this, because in my naivete about like being a monk, to me, that would mean so much about being in the moment, being present, managing state, mind, body, spirit in the here and now, you know, be here and now stuff. But you have three separate chapters in your book about what I consider future things like intention, purpose, service, uh, and many of them are, are in, in visualization, seeing, seeing out, seeing into the future. And right now, dude, people can't. They don't know if their kids are going back to school, if they're homeschooling. They don't know, you know, are they going to be able to travel for the holidays? Do they get their job back? So when the future is super uncertain, how does the how does the monk live in both spaces, present and future, in order to be able to have intention and define purpose? Yeah, that's a yeah, beautiful question. And when you look at 
When you look at material society and, and our world, we're always fixated on the output and the result and the goal. And the monk mindset is really focused on the input, the process, and the day-to-day -day habits and, and the now. And that's not me saying we shouldn't have goals. I have goals too. But what I'm saying is that often that part can seem very uncertain, right? Right now, it's hard to set goals. Uh, results are uncertain and the future is uncertain. And the monk mindset actually starts from the back and goes, wait a minute, it's actually our input, our intention, our current process that creates the future that we need and want. And yes, there are everyday things like whether kids are going back to school, whether our jobs are coming back that, and you know, me and Brendan were talking about this earlier and Brendan as, as a fairly large company, I have a smaller company, but there's people that are dependent on me and families and things like that. And so when, when I think about all of that stuff, I realize that all I can get certain about is putting my next step forward. And I think it's kind of like when you're walking, you've become so comfortable walking, you don't even realize but actually all you're doing is putting your next step right. You can't think about what's going to happen in a hundred steps time because you haven't walked over the ground there and you don't know mm. how the ground is going to change. So for me, the monk mindset is how do I just place this next step? Not perfectly, but how do I place this next step with my best intention, process and habits possible? And what does that require? That requires me to be connected internally to my internal guide. And what does that require? It requires me to find that stillness and space so that I can actually listen. One of the things, uh, Brendan, that you and I know is when you're traveling, if your partner wants to tell you something and you're living a hectic, busy life, your partner will be scared to actually say, Brendan, Jay, I really need to tell you something because they just think you're too busy and all over the place. Yeah. Your body and mind are the same way. Your body, your mind, your soul, they want to communicate with you, but they can't communicate with you if you're always rushing around and everywhere all over the place. So yeah. the, answers, the answers are not within me. The answers are within you, and they become more clearer as you become more silent, more still, and allow yourself to have that inner connection from your inner guide. And so what I'm trying to give you is the tools to get there from where, you know, I've had clients literally say to me, like, Jay, when I look at that question in the book, that just changed the way I think about it. Or when I just sat with something. And so there's a beautiful uh, meditation that I talk about in the book, which is called a question meditation. It was probably one of my favorite techniques that I learned. And often when we ask questions, Brendan, to the world at least, or to the universe, they're often demands, they're not questions. They're like, why is this happening to me? You know, that's not a question. That is, a, that is pain. Uh, a question is the way you're asking me questions. Jay, I'm really curious. How does this work? It's, it's what's known as a sincere request or, mm. or, a, or, a, or a deep intention, right? And so a question meditation is, I want you to sit with the question that causes you anxiety and pain. And I want you to ask it with sincerity, with genuineness, with love and understanding. And I want you to allow yourself to not force the question to come, the answer to come to you in that moment, but allow yourself to discover the answer throughout the day. And just sit with it. And if you sit with it sincerely, I guarantee you there'll be someone, something that happens in the day, it could be a message, a billboard you see, and it will just shift the way you start seeing uh, intervention, divine intervention everywhere in your life. And, and that's, you know, it, it really works. So I would just say sit with that question. I love that. I love that. And I like, my, my favorite thing you said today in our conversation is about how 
our partners sometimes they want to ask you for something, but they don't because they see you're so busy. And that's real inside too. your mind, your body, your heart and spirit are trying to say, hey, but you're so busy. They don't, they're not getting through. Yeah. So, you know, to me, think like a monk is a lot of can you sit with yourself? Yeah. And allow the answers. Can you sit with yourself? Because in my mind, you know, monks are, are, are hanging out. And they're opening up the space of possibility for insight, enlightenment, love, peace. And those things flow through, not just because they say, my purpose is to go get peace. It's that I'm still enough that that emerges. Yes, exactly. And you can, you can uh, hear in between the lines. And Brendan, it's, it's almost like, you know, your, your journey and where it all began when you had that terrible accident, well, not terrible because you've reframed the experience which changed your life. But when you shared that with me, when you think about that moment that is just so, you know, I remember even when you shared on my podcast that you're in tears and it, it's, it's still such a powerful moment with you. It's because you experienced stillness mm. in the most extreme way. And we don't have to wait to have to experience a near-death experience to have stillness. Right. But that stillness, you experience so much stillness and space and silence because you were so in your moment and in that body where everything was revealed to you. And that's what you went through. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that you can manufacture that. That is very unique to Brendan. But what I am saying is if you sit with yourself every single day and be present with your body and mind, they will inform you. When people do this, they say to me, Jay, I've, I've had a backache for probably six months now. And I didn't notice it till now. Or, or Jay, you know what? Actually, I just really found this new idea that's going to change my business because the answers are there inside of you, but because we don't sit with ourselves enough. Uh, and there's a beautiful statement in the Buddhist tradition, the Tibetan Buddhist tradition that says, what movement does for your body, stillness does for your mind. Just think about what movement does for your body, the energy, the expansion, the confidence. That's what stillness does for the mind. I love that so much, brother. I love that so much. So for those who are really struggling in this time, in this season, please maybe listen to this episode again. Maybe take some more notes and maybe ask yourself, how can you sit with yourself and give yourself that time and that space a little bit now? Because so many people have kind of drown themselves in distraction so they don't have to cope with what's immediately coming up. But I always tell people, a lot of pain that comes up is at a superficial level. Yeah. And there's a depth of joy and gratitude and beauty beneath that, but you kind of got to mine for it. And the way that you mine for that depth of beauty and joy and peace is stillness. You, you go quiet, you, you allow that to come back to the surface of what's really important. And, and I'm telling you all, think like a monk, it, it, it's that field guide. If you've been really stressed or your mind has gotten the better of you in this last couple months, or your ego got the better of you, or your relationships fell apart, or you do feel like you've lost a little vision for your life, please read Think Like a Monk because I want to, I shared this with Jay in advance. The book helped me preparing and reading uh, for this time when I, I received the book and getting ready for him today and going back through all the chapters and all the notes and you can see all my questions on it. It, it just baseline, you brought me right back to the foundation of what's important for living a peaceful, joyful, fulfilling, spirited, service-driven life from a different perspective. 
And everyone in the world seems to believe that we need a different perspective right now. So I think this book can be incredibly valuable on your journey, my friend. So please make sure you listen to it um, and watch it and read it and just pay attention to what we did here today. Listen to Jay's podcast. It's called On Purpose. It's one of the very, I only have seven podcasts on my whole phone. <laughs> it's literally only seven. And Jay's is one of them that I listen to. So please listen to On Purpose. It's incredible. Get Think Like a Monk. You can go to Think Like a Monk book. Dot com. So thinklikeamonkbook.com. Go there because he's offering some free resources that go along with the book, which of course I'll be promoting. I'm super pumped about as well. Uh, Jay, what would you love to share with people as they head into the final months of 2020? We've been through so much. What, what, what would you give us here as some parting thoughts? Yeah, the, the thing when you said that that immediately came to my mind was the beautiful old tale and analogy of, of the butterfly, of the, um, the caterpillar in mm. its cocoon becoming a butterfly. And there's that old story of how there's a caterpillar struggling to get out of its cocoon. And a young boy sees this and he sees the struggle and he sees the pain and he thinks to himself, Oh, I better help this caterpillar out because it needs to go off and become a big butterfly. And so the little boy breaks the cocoon and by breaking the cocoon doesn't realize the caterpillar also dies mm. because the caterpillar needed that struggle in order to become this beautiful butterfly. And so I really believe that we've all been trapped in this cocoon for the past five months. And it's so easy to want to now rush out the other side and just break through and, and get on with it. But I would say that a more steady and more uh, self-development approach to it, which is like, let me learn through this time. Let me really gain every lesson during this time because that caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly at the other side every time when they allow themselves to go through the process. But when they try and jump the process, skip the process, someone helps them break the process, it, it can end actually completely the opposite way. And so I think nature... Is, is always showing us how to deal with transformation and how to deal with uh, pain and how to deal with uh, negative situations and, and struggle. And no matter how struggling it is, the biggest mistake humans make is that we try and rush out of pain out the other side. And that's kind of what happened with a few weeks ago, at least in the United States. People try to rush out of their homes because five months have been too long. And then all the numbers went up again. And so that's what happens. Every time we try and rush out of a painful situation, it's almost like, Let's just build up that extra piece of resilience, that extra, and I know it's hard, I get it, I know how painful it is, but it's like that is gonna create less pain in the future. And, and I think that's where we have to keep uh, putting that yardstick of like, we have to realize that it's better to go through that uh, consistent, definite struggle that we're going through, but for a future that we really want to create and live in. Yeah, that is the most hopeful thing, my friends. The, the beauty is on the other side of this and being able to be at peace and sit through the struggle to emerge is who you really are supposed to become. That's, that's trust in the future. That's trust in faith. That's trust in something bigger than ourselves that there's beauty coming. Yeah. And I want, I want to say one more thing, Brendan, if I can, because you just yeah. sparked another thought and it's, it's kind of the other side of it because in the book, I talk about how it's about training your mind for peace and purpose every day. And that's the peace part. That's how you find peace in difficult times. You recognize it's part of the process. But I always like to offer the service element too, which is the future part, the purpose part. It's, I would think about the year 2030 or 2050, whichever year 
you, you want to meditate on 10 years time, 30 years time. And think about your kids or your grandkids or young people around you or nieces and nephews. If you don't have kids, people around you, they'll be going to school and they'll be learning about 2020 in their history books. And let's say that one of their teacher's assignments is you have to go back to your parents or grandparents and ask them, what were they doing in 2020? So imagine now you're sitting at a dining table in 2030 or 2050, your kids or your grandkids come up to you and go, mom, dad, dad, mom, dad, dad, mom, mom, what, um, no dad, no mom, I don't know what the language is gonna be then. Uh, and you just say to your parents, they say, uh, what, what did you do in 2020? And whatever answer you want to give them in 10 or 30 years time, just do that today. And that will literally clear your mind because as long as you can give them an answer in 10 to 30 years time that you're gonna be happy with, just say, you know what, we just stuck together and we got through it. You know what, I, I, got, I became an activist and I really supported this. You know what, we just doubled down on our business to make sure we, we didn't let go of anyone and we made sure all of our teams were well taken care of. Whatever answer you, you wanna give in 10, 20 years time, that question will give you so much clarity and that will be the thing that pulls you through this time rather than you feeling like you're pushing through it. I love that, brother. Intention for the future. Intention for the future so that you're, you show up and the questions you ask yourself in the future, you're happy with the answers. You know, yeah. my audience knows that's central to my whole, my whole teaching with Live Love Matter is you're going to ask questions at the end of your life. So live your life intentionally so you're happy with those answers. And I, I love that we vibe on that together because... We can be victims at this moment right now, or we can be role models. We can go through this time and say, you know what? I'm gonna be proud of how I handled this. Yeah. I'm gonna know that I took the right next actions of integrity for myself during a really hard time. During a really hard time. I'm proud of how I handled it. Even if I was a hot mess, a little here and a little hot mess there, and I screwed up here, or I didn't, you know, I, I freaked out over there. I ultimately endured that year in a way that was purposeful and meaningful to me, not because it gave it to me, but I, I chose those things. I allowed those things. I found those beautiful things through that process. Yeah, absolutely. But Jay, you're, you're helping us all do that, brother. So many of us, you know, you give us that wisdom, that inspiration every single day. Everyone, please think like a monkbook.com. It's such a good book. And I'm so proud of you that this is your first book because you hit on everything in personal development that I think is critical for people to actually grow. Mm -hmm. And you wrote with such eloquence and great metaphors throughout the book. I know everyone's gonna really love it. So Jay Shetty, always spreading the wisdom, making wisdom go viral. Please listen to his podcast on purpose and follow this guy. He's a good human and he does great work in the world. Thank you. And Brendan, I wanna thank you for, for genuinely being such a, such a leader in the industry. And I, I really see you as that. And, and I really am grateful for people like yourself because I think it's really easy in any industry to turn it into a competition, to turn it into a hierarchy. And I really feel like you genuinely, like I liked you before I met you and then I met you and I was like, oh, this person's on another level. And, and, and I really, and I mean that, and I'm saying that honestly, and, and you know, you don't, your audience doesn't need to hear this, they already know it. But for, for me, I genuinely feel very grateful that the industry has leaders like yourself that can help guide and help help people like me and and help us learn and grow and I really mean that because it's it's just a game changer to have people that believe in you that invest in you that have done this for longer than you and and are open to mentoring and growing you so you you really are that 
And, and I think that's going to be a, an incredible legacy that you leave and, and the impact on everyone who is in the industry now and will be in the future. So thank you for doing that, honestly, from, from my heart. Thank you, my brother. And thank you for inspiring us and teaching us new ways. And, and most importantly, teaching us not new ways just to make things viral, but to make sure wisdom is attached to that because we need this wisdom and this peace and a different way of approaching the turmoil of the world. And you're doing that with this book and your work. So everyone, again, think like a monk book.com. Check out Jay Shetty's podcast and share, listen to my podcast right now. Bot over and subscribe to the last 10 episodes of On Purpose with Jay Shetty because that actually helps him. And you'll find, as always, his episodes are incredibly inspiring. So Jay Shetty, my brother. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Brandon. That was amazing. All right, my friend. I hope you enjoyed my episode with Jay Shetty. Make sure you go grab his book. And listen, if you need help in going to the next level, please Join me at the top of the month, on the first of the month, with thousands of achievers around the world working on our lives. I teach a brand new personal development seminar live online every single month. Then we do breakout groups to share your monthly goals, what you're working on, what you need help with. So if you wanted to get unstuck, you know, break through any emotional blocks, determine the strategies and habits you need to reinvent yourself this year, if you want to know and dive deeper in how you're going to implement, you know, our research-backed habits that help you increase confidence, improve life satisfaction, change the quality of your relationships, increase your career impact and income. If you're trying to figure out how to stick to the decisions you made, stick to the habits that you've made, become more productive, become more self-disciplined, increase your motivation, all of that needs consistency, my friends. And you know that, you know that. So if you feel like you've been lacking that focus or that discipline or that productivity or even just that confidence and courage and you need to start the month off on a bang every single month, start off strong, start off with clarity, start off with motivation, start off with some fire in your belly again, some research-backed tools to help you go along, then make sure you get into my coaching program. Just go to hpxcoaching.com. That's hpxcoaching.com. And join us for the first of the month. We call it Growth Day, where we all get together from around the world and we grow. Never before has personal development been such a priority. Never before has wellness been such a priority. Never before has community and consistency been such a priority. So go to hpxcoaching.com. Join me. Let me be your coach through these upcoming months so we can get your life back, get you back on track, and help you achieve the future that you've always desired. Go to hpxcoaching.com right now. hpxcoaching.com. Hey, I wanted to hop in here and share with you my love for community.com. Every major celebrity uses this. U.S. presidents use this. The biggest companies in the world use this. They give you a 10-digit phone number, but it's kind of like having an inbox for your texting. You can segment it to people um, and they can reply back. And it's just really cool because you can also send video 
and you can send audio. And it's so beautiful of a design that it's really easy to figure out. You know, I don't like all those other systems that send out like some weird little code that you just know is like a promotion. The reason they called it community.com is because they really believe you have to have a text community in the modern area. Texting adds a whole other level. People open up their texts way more. It's way more, you know, effective as a promotional vehicle. And it's something that I deeply, deeply believe in. In fact, I invested in them and I've advised the senior team. I'm telling you what, my audience loves it. It's increased the engagement across everything I do. And you can get a free demo when you go to community.com. Just like it sounds, community.com. Check it out. Hey, are you on my text list? Did you know if you're in the US, you can text me at 1-503-212-6125. I actually have that text number on my Instagram account bio as well, if you want to go check it out. It's just 503-212-6125. Literally just text me and say, hey, Brandon, or text me and say anything you want to say. If you want me to see it, just text me there. It's 503-212-6125. And it's my exclusive text list. And if you're not on it, it's where I share some of my most popular episodes. Or if I drop a new YouTube, I send it your way. Or if I have some kind of free thing going on the internet, I give that exclusive link out to that group. So just go there and text me, 503-212-6125. It's kind of cool. It's back and forth. This is my community text number. So tons of my community share, you know, insights about what they're learning from me or just want to chat back and forth. And I'm in there. My team's in there. We really just try to engage you on a different platform. It's super fun. And again, anytime I have something special going out, this is the first group to know about it. So just go text me at 503-212-6125. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses or where I go live in my membership areas, or how I accept money online, now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. 
That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com.